Dun, 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 dun. It is that time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. This is the Couch on Fire podcast. My name is Rob, and um, yeah, today we have a an amazing episode. Um, we're going to be talking about some horror. Horror movies, TVs, shows, books, um, old ones, new ones, and stuff that should be coming out, but unfortunately... The world we live in today, everything is at a standstill. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, this is not just me by myself. I have two special guests. I, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. Two special guests on the, today's show. So let me um, phone these guys in and, uh, yeah, get ready. Well, I was born ready, boy. Let's do it. Well, I've already started. Hang on, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me crack open a beer. I'm out here. Uh, I mean, I've already started recording, but okay. Oh, shit. In that case, let me only one up this. I got some 15 year Glenn Smith sitting over here. Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. One sec. So, um, so gentlemen, um, I already did my intro. You guys weren't involved. Sorry. Um, but. I don't got any glasses. I'm just drinking straight out of the bottle, dude. Oh, yeah? Well, I got an IV of vodka right now. Oh, hell no. This is scotch, boy. I don't fuck with vodka. Oh, jeez. Oh, fuck that, dude. I love that you can hear the top come off. Well, I'm going to see if I can get some good ASMR here. All right, y'all, stick with me now. Hold up. Let me... Ready? Ready. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Oh, well, it didn't... It, I was expecting it to do like the... Oh, my good, God. Good, good. You know, I know. Good whiskey oh, bottle, but this is what I get. Out like orange juice. This is what I get. This is about to go really off the rails. Okay. <laughs> All right. So well, this beer sucks, dude. Gen- gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. All right. Mm-hmm. Before we start talking about the horror movies and the books and the TV shows and the trailers and all horror, whatever, I have I have a couple questions for you, both of you two. Okay. Are you ready? Bring no. it. <laughs> well, the biggest question, the biggest question I have is, can Ryan sit still? During this podcast, that's that's the biggest question. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Um, so let's just uh, dive right into it. The first question I was I, I wanted to get you guys thoughts on um, what do you think about uh, like how the movie theater, like the movies that come out in the theaters, like how are they gonna respawn from this coronavirus thing? Two ways, easy. Uh, the first is is the resurgence of the drive-in theater. As long as you like set the number of people that are in a car or there's like some kind of social distancing guidelines, especially since I was talking to uh, somebody I work with the other day and they can apparently like they cast it through Bluetooth, the audio straight to your car speakers. So it doesn't like sound like complete shit anymore. It would in mine because I drive like a 20 year old grandpa car. I get tailgated all the fucking time. But for ordinary people, the sound wouldn't be too bad. They got these really nice projectors these days that can make it work. The other alternative would have to be there would have to be a new deal cut between movie studios and like movie theaters where the theaters get a bigger share of the cut. Because right now they pack so many fucking people in these theaters like sardines because they get like 10% or something like that off of each ticket sale. The rest all goes to the the studios. And that's not a survivable percentage point anymore. So higher percentage goes to theaters. They don't need as many seats then we can get social distancing like the six feet apart thing and people still coughing all over the fucking seats and it'll be a disaster but something you know they can open up the theaters again that's just my goober ass thinking things i'm dead sober which affects my judgment a little bit what do y'all think well i think that 
I like the idea of the drive-in movie theater thing. I think that's a, a classic, like, bring it back kind of thing. Um, I just think more people are going to break in and try to watch the movies for free. But um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, you, you hear things, you see things about, like, AMC struggling right now money-wise. Like, like, I just don't know if big-time movie theaters are going to... You know, I don't, I don't, I want to see numbers. I want to see if like on demand is making more numbers than uh, movie theaters would. Like, I, I, that's what I want to see. I think so. Yeah. Uh, well, at least like they're making a higher profit because mm-hmm. they don't have as high of uh, as of expenses. Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep the power going. They don't have to like hire a bunch of people to walk in and make sure nobody's jerking off in the theater, or recording stuff on their camcorder or whatever. That's true. All they do is host the servers. So yep. it's more money in their pockets for them. Um, alcoholic Ryan. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, cool. it's, a, it's a little bit to get used to. Fan of the show. Don't worry, you'll... I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that um, I think that they're just gonna bring it straight to home. Honestly, yeah. like they're doing now. I think it's gonna be like the way they're doing it now, where movies come out and they're just going straight to yeah, like you can just buy them straight off the bat. And I think when it gets back to slightly normal, I mean. Maybe they'll do that plus the theater, and you can choose either at your home or in the theater. Because if you watch it at home, it's still twenty bucks. Yeah. Or you know the same as you would see in a theater, and it disappears after whatever. So you're basically paying movie theater prices to rent a movie for a one-time viewing. Dude, I have a for twenty-four hours. I have a LG soundbar. If I turn off all the lights and I crank that shit up, I feel like I'm in the fucking movie theaters. So, like, why? Why? I agree. I agree with that. Like, why? You know, why go back to movie theater? I mean, I think they'll stay with this, dude. You know what I mean? With I think they'll do a split between home video release and then also the theater. You know what I mean? After this, all it needs all it needs might... all it needs to happen is one big big time movie to not go to movie theaters. Let's just say, like the new James Bond decides not to go to movie theaters, and it it didn't become so successful. Then you know it's a trickle effect. Everybody's just gonna start doing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, dude! They already they did that for um the interview. Remember what the interview? With um, what was it, Kim Jong Un or whatever was was threatening? Oh, yeah. If we release the movie in theaters. I mean, I don't know if I'd call that like a big ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I we, we couldn't release it in theaters, and it was a home release only. It was a big, a big budget movie at least. It was yeah. a Seth Rogen film. That Seth Rogen was on top of the world at the time. At the time. I mean, fair enough. Um, but I think like. I mean, they, all the shit they got coming out these days about Netflix, you know, grabbing up all these exclusives and stuff, and the theater owners refusing to air it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been the death knell of theaters if that's what it took. You know, because yeah. you got stuff like fucking, like, um, was it Martin Scorsese? Yeah, Martin Scorsese yeah. with The Irishman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All these big prestige dramas, you know, you used to have to get up in a three-piece fucking suit and pay the valet to go see, you know, and now you're just sitting there in your boxers just watching it on a beanbag chair. Yeah. You know, the new Ryan Reynolds movie came out on Netflix. Yeah, I saw that. Well, I didn't see it, but I saw it on Netflix when I was, uh, you know, scrolling through Netflix. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny because like one of the, you know, we're going to be talking about horror movies and horror TV shows, and um, if you notice horror recently in the recent years, it's very like uh, the production companies are very not big production companies and they're putting out amazing horror movies so if netflix comes knocking at your door and you're like brand new production company and you just made a horror movie for a hundred grand and netflix is like i will pay you 
200 grand for your fucking movie. Um, you know, this is just ballpark numbers, by the way. And then you take that deal because you're like, oh, I just made my profit and I made a little bit more money. And then it, it's becoming like indie horror movies are becoming like the new, the norm. They're becoming the big thing. Like no one really goes to movie theaters to see horror movies anymore. It's all about like streaming or like, oh, did you, did you see, um, you know, I'm just going to wait until, you know, midsummer comes out on a DVD and I'm going to watch it then. So why waste my $20 to go to the movie theater? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of torn on that because I think there is something to be gained. Like there's an experience to be had watching a horror movie in the theaters. All the lights are out. You got that amazing sound system. But you can get that at that, home though. Well, I mean, I don't have a fucking like LG sound bar like you, man. I'm just sitting there on a little, little 20 inch TV, you know, just fucking watching it like I'm a prison guard, you know, watching over my inmates. So I, I can only really get that theatrical experience in a movie theater. And it sucks yeah. and it costs me like 20, 30 bucks every time. And if some son of a bitch in front of me won't get off his fucking phone, it kind of ruins yeah. the experience. So I want to be able to have that movie going experience. Do you think home theater? Do you think that like, um, like some localized movie theaters, like the $5 movie theaters and shit will still exist because they're so grummy and crum Like, you know what you're getting yourself into when you go to a $5 movie theater. Like no one gives yeah. a fuck about cleaning it. You know what you're getting yourself into. I wonder if those would be like the grindhouse films, you know, like those would be like the ones pushing out, like, you oh, know, they will be like the dive bars, and movie theaters. Yes. They'll be like, yeah, the dive bar movie theaters, like, Oh, the new candy man, you know, it comes out later this year. You know, maybe they just put it right to, you know, video on demand. But the five dollar movie theater is like, well, I'll fucking take it, and maybe they'll make money. Who knows? Yeah, maybe that would be like the, the reordering we were talking or I was bringing up, um, where instead of the movie theaters paying for exclusivity and getting it first, the movie theaters get it after its initial streaming release, and they it basically it turns into they're basically selling used movies on the screen so to speak. Like, they get a much higher oh, percentage yeah. of the cuts, but they don't get, you know, first picking, so mm -hmm. to speak. You think that'd be, that would work at all, or or people would want to see it in streaming and then just, like, not go to the theaters? I mean... I mean, dude, I think the theater has a very unique experience in that, I mean, where else are you going to go and buy a big tub of popcorn, bring a girl with you, cut a hole in the bottom, put your dick through it, and, you know, have her accidentally reach in and grab your dick? Oh. You know, in a... Better not room. salt that popcorn is all I'm saying. <laughs> Salty popcorn, that's a bad fucking... That's, I had to learn that shit the hard way. Nobody told me about that going in. Okay, I had to learn Jesus. that shit like a man. That's a very on. that's a very special experience that you're not going to get anywhere else. So I think on the plus side, it's, it, it saves you on a razor. Because I tell you, man, that, that little sandstone, little work of that good kosher salt, I was smooth as a baby. I swear to God, there you go. catch, catch the sunlight. I'm so glad it's, you know. <laughs> yeah, a real, a real creative meeting of the minds here, you know. Oh, all right. It's very important to have that. <laughs> well, going forward, um, clearly there's I, – I recently just looked up uh, the different different horror movies that are coming out this year. And um, there's, there's still a lot. I mean, there's always – every year horror just keeps pumping out horror. I mean, there's so many good horror movies out there, but I don't see them – like mainstream like obviously the you know get out um obviously when you know was the name you know like movies like that are definitely mainstream saw get out um what is that other one purge you know these are movies that are very mainstream but 
do you think like the underground movies, like the you know Midsummer? I didn't really hear too much about it, but then I hear it's like a graphic fucking movie. <laughs> so, oh, that that was I. That's actually one of the. I'll tell you about my watching my experience watching Midsummer, because my sister was in Colorado and she's a huge horror buff just like me, and we used to go and see these movies together, but now, of course, she's like hundreds of fucking miles away. So I was like, okay, let's both go see the movie at the same time. We'll talk about it afterwards. And Colorado's a couple hours ahead or behind or some shit like that. Basically, I went to like the last showing. It was at like 1030 at night. It started. And I was the only I wasn't only the only person in that particular theater. I was the only person besides the employees in the entire fucking theater. They fucking like, I felt like you. a dickhead just walking in there, <laughs> empty little thing. They walked me in. I had my own personal seat. You know, it's oh, the only seat in the entire fucking house. They got to keep the lights on and everything, keep the projector going. And they kept checking in on me periodically. I, I assumed it was either to make sure I hadn't fallen asleep or to say, come on, buddy, get the fuck out. I want to go home. Yeah. Um, so maybe that had something to do with it. But yeah, that was a really, really disturbing, fucked up movie, man. Great shots, like great cinematography and everything. Mm -hmm. Florence Pugh, I, I would marry that woman. Incredible actor. Um, did a great job. Lots of great gore. Damn. The ending was stupid. But, you know, you kind of expect well, that these days. Well, um, do you, um, Ryan, did you, you see You still Midsummer? haven't seen Hereditary, have you? I have not Rob seen it. Rob has not seen it. I, I, I knew you were going to say no, dude. I haven't seen Hereditary. So, for <sighs> for for the listeners that listen to our podcast, they I've, I've told Griffin many times, but, you know, I just, uh, the last couple of years of my life, I kind of fell out of horror. And, it, it you know, it's sad because I was so into it when I was younger. And um, I kind of fell out of it, and it's it sucks because like you've recommended so many movies, Ryan's recommended so many things, and I'm just kind of like, Ugh. like I don't know, like there's something. Now, with that said, with this quarantine stuff and me being off, um, I've actually decided to watch more horror. And um, what kind of got me back into it is um, the Netflix show on what is it, Haunting in Hill House? Oh yeah. And um, I watched it, and I was like. Wow. Okay. I, I miss this. I miss the suspenseness. I miss the, okay, it's got to go this way. And then it ends up going the complete fucking opposite. And you're just like, uh, oh, I miss that. I miss that. And recently I've watched a couple trailers for at least two movies that are coming out this year that literally are, it's pulling me in. Like I saw these trailers and I was like, wow, these are fucking going to be amazing horror movies. And now I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting back into it. So maybe I might watch Hereditary. Even my wife was like, let's watch this movie. I was like, I don't know. It's on time, I think, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's an amazing movie. It's probably one of my favorite horror movies from the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But watch it on a day where you're not planning on being productive because it will ruin your day. <laughs> That's how it was for me. Like, <laughs> like you, It'll fuck you up, man. Um, but I wanted to kind of pick y'all's brains about something. Um, go, go right ahead. It seems like there's two big production companies these days making horror movies. There's A24, which made Hereditary, they made Midsummer, they made a whole bunch of other things, and then there's Blumhouse, which has done a shitload of things. But there, you probably know them for Get Out. Um, they did Truth or Dare, which was fucking awful. Um, and I wonder what other good movies they made. Well, there's a they new. Really well, the the director of 
Midsummer and Hereditary. Actually, one of one of the, well, I, I watched a trailer, but it didn't really pull me in. But there's a, he's coming out with a new movie, a new horror movie um, that you should check out. What the fuck was that movie? I'll look it up. Keep talking. But I'm I'm I feel like we're in the kind of like the dark ages of horror movies right now, and that feels like a weird thing to say. So let me kind of unpack what I'm thinking. You know, back before, nowadays, superhero movies are everywhere. They're like, everybody's coming out with their fucking superhero movie. They're trying to start the new MCU and everything. But back in the 90s and early 2000s, Marvel was a fucking joke. And DC was a fucking joke. Like, they were coming out with, you know, Daredevil and Catwoman and shit like that. I feel like A24 and Blumhouse are being set up to be like the new Marvel and DC of the... Horror. Like, the revival of horror movies. And there's Mm going to be this huge saturation of like mainstream popular movies start up all these cult followings and stuff it's going to be just as ubiquitous as superhero movies oh, and then we run into the same stagnation problems that we're running into superhero movies these days where it's like everything I mean it, like nothing's new it could very well happen by the way the name of that movie is called The Green Knight it's a, it just says it, follow, it says uh, the, from the studio that brought you Hereditary in Midsummer. They release Green Knight. It follows King Arthur's nephew. So I don't huh. know. That could be interesting. Well, you know, well, I think that... you know what Marvel's doing, right? The new Doctor Strange is going to be a horror movie. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Um. They a just horror? they just hired the guy who created Evil Dead. What's his face? Sam Raimi. He's Sam the, Raimi. He's the new. He's the director for, and he already um. So he's the director. So everyone's already thinking. Is um what's his face? Um, Campbell is going to be in this fucking movie. <laughs> like everyone's yeah, like, that would be amazing. Who's going Bruce, to be in it? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. But um, yeah, I mean, he um he did really well for Spider Man. You got to think, yeah, for what he had back then, he did pretty damn good. Spider Man was pretty fucking awesome. The original Spider Man. Um, so the only Spider Man, as far as I'm yeah, <laughs> the only Spider Man. <laughs> um, that's a that's a long debate. Um, but anyway, so they want to make the new Doctor Strange really. A horror movie because was it was it nightmares one of the people that um was rumored to be in there and they want to make it dark um death which is a, a woman that is basically thanos's uh, girlfriend in a comic book but her name is death she's going to be in it i mean sam raimi's like going ham right now like oh i have so many ideas <laughs> like so that could be interesting but anyway back to what you were saying Yes, I I do think these uh these couple companies are making strides to be the new face of horror, but I also think there's there's still those underlying one hit wonder horror movies. See, that's the thing about horror. Like, I feel like one hit wonders are better than trilogies. Like, yeah, cause, you, yeah. Hang on, do you do you remember that fucking company back in the day that was like pumping out just like pretty shitty horror movies pretty consistently? Oh. Uh, they made Ghost Ship. And Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, Thirteen Ghosts though is an amazing horror movie. <laughs> like, uh, I think Thirteen yeah. Ghosts is an underrated horror movie. Moving um, they, they, on, they made a lot of different. Uh, like they, it's they called, were kind of like the go-to horror movie. Like yeah, they had a new horror called movie. Like every Dark fucking year. Dark Castle Entertainment was the company yes. that you're talking about. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like that that they were pretty like they were that company for a while, and then they fell off, and now it's those two companies you're talking about, yeah. and. You know, but the the difference is, I think with A twenty four and like Midsommar and um, Hereditary, that's like that's like got a lot of critical acclaim. You know, that's not just some joke horror yeah. movie. That's like their message is pretty strong. The twists are pretty good. The acting is well, great. You know, well they go back to the roots, which is basically writing. 
like if you look at it, like uh, what did Get Out come from one of those? Uh, A twenty um, uh, Blumhouse. Yeah. Did, uh, so look at look at Get Out. I mean, that movie like the low budget, but great writing. And because it's great writing, like you know, like you can have a shitty director, but if it's a great fucking story, and if the producer makes sure it stays with that right story, it's going to be a great movie. So yeah, I can. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm looking at um. I think this uh, Dark Castle, where <laughs> after uh, 2009, they they literally all their movies have been like dumb ass uh, love movies. Like they literally just took. <laughs> that's. Well, I mean, they- they're like the puppy mill of, of movie producers, you know? Our yeah. movies stopped being profitable, so they switched over to romance. Yeah. Well, they have some action action fix in there, like uh, The Losers and uh, Rock and Rolla um, they, produ- um, they produced. But other than that, it's like The Getaway, The Factory. <laughs> anyway, I, go on. I, I go. guess – well, where I'm – I guess I'm going with this. It, oh, he's gone. Anyway, you can keep talking. Oh. We'll come okay. back. Yeah, I guess um, where I'm going with this is, uh, do you think it's sustainable like horror movies? Because the fucking um, the thing about horror movies is the more the better things are known, like the more information you have, the less scary it becomes. Like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, all that. It's all fear of the unknown. And the more you start to learn about the killer, the less it becomes horror movies and it becomes like these action schlocky things where you get to watch a bunch of teenagers get murdered. Well, um, welcome back, Ryan. Whereas these... That's ah, all good. These these superhero movies, they, the more you know about them, basically the, the further they can go. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the more nuance you reveal the character, the more like personal enemies and journeys and shit they can go on. It's like a self-replicating strategy for films but horror movies is all based on the fear of the unknown so the more you know the less scary it becomes you think it's just gonna be like just keep throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks like these little episodic movies or do you think they're actually gonna try and set up like these series to try and establish some longevity Mm. in the horror genre well money money's definitely would be beneficial if they do that because clearly uh like look at some of the franchises that are still around they're still lingering I mean, they still make somewhat of kind of movies. Shit, man. They just made a new Halloween. Yeah. Um, real quick, Ryan, speak. I can't, I can't hear you, Ryan. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hear you. I can hear him. Hold on. Let me try again. Talk. You can hear me? Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. I can hear you now. There you go. Um, so. Dude, do you remember, do you remember the freaking, there was like, they were trying to make a, a franchise out of horror movies. Well, it's the Dark Universe. The Tom Cruise mummy. Yeah, the Dark yeah, Universe. Yeah. Oh, the Monsterverse. Oh the my monsterverse. God. Oh, yeah. The... Yeah, dude. So they've tried to make them, they've tried to Marvelify the horror, you know, like the horror movies. Well, well I think. The, the problem with that is not that the idea was bad. It's just that the movie was bad. I mean, The Mummy was a fucking terrible movie. But the original with Brendan <laughs> Fraser was the shit, dude. Well, it, it, was, it, was, it was a good cheesy movie. It wasn't really a horror movie. It was a cheesy action movie. And it was great at that. But I, I don't know where they got this idea that, like, ooh, let's make a horror series out of this character. Yeah. Well, I think what they were trying to do was they were trying to bring back the classics, like Count Dracula, Wolfman... The Bride of um, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Like they wanted to bring back classic, but but to see if they could still live and kind of have its own little universe. And then I wonder if they were going to meet them all up. Like, <laughs> and then the mummy just failed so hard. Yeah. They're like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? Um, 
TV show wise, I think horror horror TV shows are amazing. Um, DC actually has a couple horror characters. Um, so was it Preacher is um, a DC? I think I think it's a DC product. Oh, I could be wrong, but Preacher is really cool. It's about this guy. He's like possessed, and he has this power. And then you got um, Constantine. You got you got so many good horror TV shows out there. Legion um, that were based around DC comics. But then if you take that away, I mean, look at other, you know, you got Walking Dead, which is so damn successful, um, even though I think it should die. <laughs> yeah, I, about to say, I don't know if I'd call it good, but it's definitely um, successful. It was good, I guess, when it came out because it was, it was new. Like, no one was really doing TV show zombies. Um, but I think the zombie train is over, which is sad because that was one of my favorite genres. And I just, it's kind of sad that it's over. But what about American Horror Story? I've been watching that recently too, like kind of catching up to it and stuff. And, you know, it's it's still doing its thing and still pretty cool and st- still pretty gory. So, yeah, I feel like American Horror Story, as long as they keep coming out with ideas, they, because it's an episodic, or not episodic, but it's like it's not connected to a, a larger storyline. Yeah. It's just season by season. Um, anthology, I think is what we're yeah. going for. As long as you keep coming out with ideas, and as long as it keeps making money, they'll keep making the show. Mm-hmm. Because if the first season gets fucked up, you know, ah, you know, it's just kill all the characters off. We'll try it again next time. You, um, no, I, I, I mean, just, I agree. I agree completely. If it's if you because there's there's a season that I fucking hate of the show, but it's so cool because once it's over, it's like oh, next year will be a whole new storyline. I can just don't even have to worry about this shit. I just I want them to experiment a little bit with the actors. It seems like the the further they get into the show, the more seasons they have. Each actor just plays the same slightly different role. Yeah. I'm so fucking sick of that old lady whose only thing is being a bitchy old lady. Well, she ain't in it anymore. <laughs> She's not I in it. I forget what her name yeah. is. But... Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, Angela... Is, is it Angela Bassett? She's yeah. She's oh no, in that's it. the black lady. Um, but she's in it. Angela Bassett's great. Yeah, yeah. She's she's got good variety. But I'm talking about the like the the fatter, older white lady. She's just like crazy, and she kills people every season. <laughs> the girl played Misery. She was... yeah yeah. Can we can we not have one season where she's like the good guy, mm-hmm. and then fucking um, the guy who played Tate, like the Peter whatever his name is. Yeah. We did not have him as the bad guy for once. I know he was the bad guy in season seven, but. Mm. He's a. I, I want to see some variety. Is all I'm saying. You know, um, so I've only seen season one. I'm okay with that. That was like a one and done kind of. <laughs> well, season one was good. good. Season I'll one. It. I think season, season two, two is also good. I think season I think. two is one of my favorites. I think season two is a good one because, well, you both should know. Like, I'm really big on like I, one of my favorite besides zombies. I love monsters. I like this, the the th- in when I when I say monsters like the alien type like Cloverfield and then any kind of monster thing in season two spoiler has a little bit of that in it and it kind of like draws me in because of the monster I'm like oh I like monsters um, so that's why I think I like season two you know yeah, spe- it sucks that you like Cloverfield man because who boy dude that that was yeah, the shit was trash. that was the shit when I came but the out. one with John Goodman was awesome dude that they, they they saved it with that John Goodman one well did you see Paradox Lane? did you see the Paradox movie oh that's what no. we're talking about well, <laughs> the, 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 god that thing was a piece of shit I love the idea <laughs> I, I wish they would spread a little bit more on Cloverfield I love the idea of Cloverfield I really thought The Quiet Place 
was a take on Cloverfield. I was like, oh my god, if they say at the end this is <laughs> this is involved in the Cloverfield, like if they're like, oh, what road is this? Oh, Cloverfield Lane. I would shit a brick. <laughs> I, I, I'm, that's what I'm scared about in the next one because I know the next one's coming out. I love yeah. Emily Blunt. Yeah, I love her to death. I really, I, I liked the first Quiet Place, mm. but I hope they don't try and over-explain like the creatures and shit and their origins and stuff. Can we not just have like a horror movie where nothing gets explained? Well, you know, um, well, for one, what's with these comedians, um, fucking writing great horror movies? <laughs> like, oh, Jordan Peele, that dude can write, man. John, Christ I haven't seen speak. Us, but Get Out was fucking fantastic. Um, this was weird. I didn't really enjoy us. You know, real quick, before we get sidetracked on the, the the TV show thing, one TV show that I don't think either one of you have seen, it's on Hulu. It's Castle Rock. No, I surprisingly have not seen it. And it is, I'm like a huge Stephen King fanboy, so you think I'd is, be the first to watch it. It is literally like every – so every season's different, kind of like the American Horror Story. But it's all based on like – it all centers around like one or two of – um the storylines of uh Stephen King but it also like like the first season I won't tell you about the season but in the middle of the town is Shawshank they talk about Shawshank all day they're like oh Shawshank's right here blah 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 you know they talk about Shawshank and then there's like in the newspaper it was like a wild dog named Cujo running around like these are little like fun things and then the second season is pretty much all about that chick from Misery like it sets it up to where she's like oh I'm so obsessed with this writer. Like <laughs> she just talks about this this writer that she's obsessed with. So it's pretty cool, but it's also but it brings back actors. So in the second season it brought back the main guy from Shawshank. What's his name? Tim Robbins. Ain't that the ice cream guy? <laughs> well, that's Baskin Robbins. Okay. That's Carol Baskin Robbins. Um <laughs> Carol Baskins. Um but anyway, bitch, like Carol Baskins. But uh yeah, so it's I mean Castle Rock's pretty it's pretty cool. It's it's not as horror is like horror gets, but it's very suspenseful because I mean it's Stephen King, so it's very suspenseful. But that's a the cool only show. Th- well, the only thing I'd be concerned about with something like that is that Stephen King uses Castle Rock and all those little main towns so often. I feel like it's it's, it's like Schrodinger's town, or that probably doesn't fit. But yeah. basically, there's so much shit that happens in that town in such a small amount of time. I can't even imagine trying to connect all those dots without it coming off as like a like a who would live here or just a complete clusterfuck kind of thing mm-hmm. you know i mean just in the first season like you were saying you got cujo you got misery you got fucking um the shawshank redemption well, guy there's yeah. stories about stephen king where somebody just goes berserk in a town and kills like 17 people it's like who the hell would live in this town is it like does it draw people in is it like a fairy curse or something i mean people lived in the it town dairy well, I think they they explained every, it in every the couple. Of... Hmm? Well, hmm? it sucks. Didn't they explain Thank in you. the? Well, oh fuck <laughs> you! Didn't they explain in the in the book that like the the fucking monster was like drawing people to the town? It was like a psychic hold kind of thing, and only the kids could like fight back against it. I thought I, don't know. I thought that's what they brought up, but um, I feel like Rob wants to talk about something involving well, it. Well, you know, before before <laughs> before we get into it, okay, there's a couple more things that I want to talk about because I know it's gonna jab some people. Um, okay, so I want to finish up the, at least the TV show part of this, and I want to say this is really it's not horror, but it can be consist of horror, and I think 
show more shows like this are getting more popular. Um, Mine Hunters on Netflix is about serial killers. It's about finding, getting to serial killers' brains. To me, serial killers are more intriguing than a made-up person like the Hitcher. You know, like a made-up person that you know did something. Um, you know, John. You know, like John Wayne Gacy. I mean, these are people like you know Ted Bundy. I mean, these are these are scary people because these are real people. And I think that um, that one documentary with um, what's his face. Um, help me out, guys. What's, what's his name? Yes. Oh, um, you're talking about um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Ted Bundy. High School Musical. What's his name? Documentary. Ted Bundy. No, the guy who played Ted Bundy. No, wasn't that? Oh, uh, uh, Zac Efron. Yeah, Zac Efron played Ted Bundy. And uh, six. Just one of the things about Dahmer for some reason. I guess not. No, there was a Dahmer movie, but I think that's more intriguing for me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of eating that more up. Like just like, wow, you know, I used to, you know, I used to play with dead carcasses when I was young too. <laughs> like yeah, you feel the feel the urge to shower with the skeletons. I think of the there was you kill or here, not you. Well, here's here's a story, Griffin. Uh, I think Ryan was there. Well, a long, long time ago, me, him, and like I think two other friends, we went behind Kmart and we were like uh, in the the river area, and it was a dead fish, and I was poking it and just playing with the dead fish. And uh, Ryan, do you remember no. that? What? I do. Yeah, you you made it into a meat puppet. Yeah, and you know, was I mean, but so did Dahmer. I mean, so what's what's what you know what's stopping me? <laughs> from doing I mean, I'm the pretty sure did. Dahmer literally fucked corpses. I don't think you were fucking. Yeah, I think if you, <laughs> if you feel the urge to like face fuck the skull of a dead fourteen year old boy, then yeah, you might want to look into that. But no, I think then you're probably good. I think the best Dahmer story is when he drilled a hole into someone's head and poured like bleach in him. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I think the best Dahmer story was the nipple belt he had. Oh, that's pretty good. Nipple belt. What? <laughs> oh like, gosh. But anyway, I, you, like you I can't was... just casually what? Whoa, 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 whoa! Back up, back up. You can't just casually fucking drop nipple belt into a conversation. No, he, move on he had a nothing. fucking belt of nipples. I mean, he had a nipple belt. Did, did he dry him out first? Did he hang him up? Like, how the hell do you collect yeah. somebody's nipples? He he was a, he fucking took cadavers, cut their nipples off, sewn them off, had them sewn onto a belt, and wore the belt and nipples. I mean, did he braid the belt? belt? Is it like is it? I have so I, I, I need a belt, to... but it was like it was like it was like, uh, like nipples with fleshes like flesh attached to them. I feel like and nipple suspenders would be like... more like more fashionable, but okay, you that do you, I guess. I feel like this is very Jeepers Creepers, you know. <laughs> Remember that tool that, he, remember that like, uh, I don't know, I just feel like he had like clothing that was like people's like belly buttons and shit. <laughs> like, he had bowls. I mean, he had yeah, all kinds of shit. He, he was very um, artsy fartsy when it came to human you, remains. You, you I know, mean, look, if, if dead body's just so much dead weight, you might as well get something good out now, of it. Now, Griffin, to give Ryan a little bit of backstory, when I was very young, he got me into this one website. Right. And he was like, hey, Rob, do you want to see like real police photos of like people like with their heads blown off from shotguns? I was like, yeah, why not? What was that site called, Ryan? Rotten.com. Rotten.com. I wonder if they still have that website. <laughs> I looked that up. Pretty sure they do. But anyway, yeah. like I just remember like the images I saw on that website fucked with me for the rest of my life. And th- I think that's what really drove me back into horror when I was like, you know, because you, you told me about this, what, when I was 10? <laughs> like then the, 11 years old yeah. I'm gonna look this up oh, it, while we're talking yeah you pretty much you never had a chance 
Yeah, none but, of us did. But he, um, that's what type of shit that he, uh, he talked to me about. Was Ron? <laughs> We're limiting the damage right now. We're all fucked. Okay. Um, back. The body count. So earlier, earlier on the podcast, I talked about two trailers um, that um, I recently just saw. These are two movies that are coming out. One is a film by Guillermo del Toro, and the other one is a film by Chris Rock, and they're both horror movies, and they look pretty fucking cool. Well, one of them is a is a prequel. To a series, a horror series. Can you guys guess the prequel? The Kid Rock movie. I mean, the Chris Rock movie. Sorry, Chris Rock. Oh, Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris I, Rock. Hmm. A prequel to a horror series? Yes. A series? Yes. This is um, when I, as soon as I say it, you're gonna be like, "Wow!" And I need you to go both go watch this trailer once I'm uh, once we're done this. A horror series. The only horror series I can think of are like Aliens. Oh my God! Can you imagine Chris Rock making an yeah. alien movie? So, <laughs> so he's not the director, but he's the producer for this movie. Okay, it's called Spiral. Okay. Oh, is he, he doing uh, Uzumaki? No. So, oh. it's the the title of the movie is called Spiral, and underneath it says "From the Book of Saw." It's a prequel oh, to the God. Saw series. When I first oh, I... saw the trailer, it didn't say anything about it. It has it has. Chris Rock in it has Samuel L. Jackson, <laughs> um, and he, <laughs> and then you, and it's you, not a parody, <laughs> and it's not a parody. Like I, I, when I saw it, I was like, "What the fuck?" And it has um this one guy. He was from the movie The Social Network or whatever. Um, but uh, it looked pretty. I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool." And there was like symbols on the walls. Like that symbol looks familiar. And then close to the end, you see like this the puppet from Saul, like a shadow of him. You're like, "What? Wait, no, this isn't what I think it is, right?" And then out of nowhere, like you just hear Samuel Jackson saying, "You want to play a fucking game, <laughs> like uh, motherfucker?" Yeah, no, but um, you should see the trailer. It's I think I don't I, it like it's trying to do something new with the Saul series, but like let it die. It's okay to let it die. I mean, look, Nightmare on Elm Street died, <laughs> like Friday Thirteenth died, Halloween didn't, but <laughs> you know, just let it die. I, I can't see Saul without Tobin Bell. I just I I do not see how it makes any sense. Well, he unless might, he might be ooh, in this ooh, one. idea. Idea if they because this is a prequel, right? Yeah. If they bring Tobin Bell back and then just put really shitty makeup on him to make him look younger, and he's like got a backwards baseball cap on and carries a <laughs> skateboard around. Oh Jesus! That would be fucking sick, man. Um, I'd watch the hell out of that. Yeah, you, <laughs> should, you should check out the trailer. <laughs> I can't really. I'm pretty much already. Or told even, you. Why not? Why not? At that point, if you're going that far, and Saw is already such a fucking weird and just like completely screwed up timeline, why not just completely redo it? Like, let's have Samuel L. Jackson be the killer this well, time. Well, here's the thing. So when you look it up, the details say that producer Chris Rock is trying to redo the Saw series. So it's a reboot. It's a reboot, but it's from the book of Saw. So basically, like. It's kind of a reboot, but it, it has nothing. It, it watched. Well, I can't explain it, but if you watch the very end of the trailer, it sets it up for like the very first movie. So it's kind of it's kind of like it. I don't know if they're gonna continue it and redo it, or they're just doing this one and just calling it Spiral. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. You should check it out. Um, the other one, the Guillermo del Toro. It's called Antlers. It's a. It's like a monster movie. And it's, oh my god, he's doing antlers? It's fucking freaky. Like, I saw that trailer, 
and it's it's so quiet and dark and this little boy's just like feeding some something in the closet and like i'm like what the fuck is this it's just you know how Guillermo del Toro is with horror movies. I yeah. mean, this guy. <laughs> so okay, I'm, I'm it, actually excited for that now because I saw that trailer. I didn't know he had anything to do with it, but I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, I now. think he's the. Exactly... His name carries a lot of clout, dude. You yeah. know what I mean, like if, it, if you slap his name on something, people in certain circles are going to see that movie. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand. You know, he's your boy and everything, but it's not like a Sam Raimi situation. Sam Raimi puts his name on shit all the time. He's got nothing to do with. Yeah. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But I think Guillermo, he's still like he's personally involved with everything, right? Yeah, like he's still like in well, there. The the thing says that he's not the director, but it says that he's executive producer. So clearly, if he's going to put his name on it, it's got to be something. Um, but it it looks freaky. Like I saw, I I don't know anything That's about like the story. His signature. Yeah, looking freaky. And the monster walks like every other fucking monster. He uh, <laughs> like you see a little bit of the monster. You're like uh. <laughs> So. Well, if nothing else, I recently, just like very recently, saw Pan's Labyrinth for the first time. Never seen it before. Oh, really? Loved the movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Was not it's a good. horror movie per se, but that's, yeah. that scene, like that little part with the, the blind, mm-hmm. like the eye did. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Ooh, boy. Well, you know, <laughs> not cool. Well, once, not you cool. Saw, once you saw that movie, and then you saw like his take on Hellboy... Um, you, you you can start seeing like he has a he has a unique look. It's kind of like Tim Burton. You can spot a Tim Burton movie from a mile away. Like you just know that this is Tim Burton did something. Even Dumbo had like a weird Tim Burton dark look. Um, and I think he's kind of the same way. I think he has a certain look. He just he filmed a movie in Baltimore a couple years ago and won an Oscar for it. I think it's called like I don't know some chick fell in love with some monster in the water. Oh, the shape of water, yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was filmed in Baltimore, so like he uh which shout out Baltimore. Shout out to your people. My people's shout out Beamer. <laughs> um but uh so he has a unique look. So I don't know. I just saw those two trailers are pretty cool. I mean there's some other movies coming out, but those are the only ones that really entice me, um, movie wise. What are you guys I'll looking forward? What. what are you guys looking forward to for movie wise? Well, I don't know about looking forward to it because it was probably one of the most disturbing things I'd ever seen. But um, I actually watched this one recently. It's called Swallow, starring Haley Bennett. And I will say this: Are you you guys aren't squeamish at all, right? <laughs> no. Fair no. to say. Okay. Rotten.com. Go to Rotten.com and you'll understand where we're coming from. <laughs> I mean, I mean, dude, I I used to watch live leaks and shit all the time. You know, it's ISIS executions, all this kind of stuff. That stuff doesn't bother me. But for whatever reasons, I have a couple of things that just really get under my fucking skin. One of them is eyes. Another one is teeth. Mm. And this one has both of those in spades. It's about this lady, this fucking crazy lady. She's a main character played by Haley Bennett. She gets stuck in like a not really abusive relationship, but it's more that her husband doesn't really care about her. And her family's like her in-laws are really controlling and stuff. And she can't, she doesn't have any control over her own life. And the one day she spots a marble just sitting there on the ground and she gets told to pick it up or something. And so instead she picks it up and eats it, just swallows it whole. And then, Ooh, that felt really good. You know, I took control of my life. I started, I, I made a decision for myself. So she starts getting this like mental disorder where she feels compelled to eat things that you're not supposed to eat. 
and you can tell immediately just from that where this is going and dude it gets fucking (laughs) insane so fast like we're talking the fact that i tell you that she eats thumbtacks regularly is not a spoiler and it's not even close to the most fucked up thing that happens in that movie Mm. and mind you she's pregnant at the time yeah it just came out she's pregnant at the time so that's that's a fucked up movie like I, I see there's this one movie I watched, it's a French movie, it's called Raw. <laughs> Pretty good horror movie. Very fucked up. But it didn't bother me. For whatever reason, like all this weird shit that they had to eat didn't bother me. This movie fucked me up, man. Like it legit like I'm a fat boy. I like to eat. I couldn't eat after I watched that fucking movie. Please Ryan, <laughs> please Ryan, watch this movie. I wanna see you. I wanna see Ryan's take on. Yeah, I don't have to, I'll check it out. It's called Swallow, you said? Yeah, Swallow. It just came out. Now you're probably gonna want to you're gonna want to sail the seas because right now it's seven dollars to rent and it's not. I wouldn't say it's worth that much unless you just really want to get really uncomfortable and it's worth spending seven dollars for you. <laughs> really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like you really want to just I, shit your pants. I'm looking for um, Hansel and Gretel. Oh, I I know. Or what's it, it called? Gretel, Gretel and Hansel. Like that? I don't know. It's I, called Gretel and Hansel. Oh yeah, Gretel and Hansel. There yeah. Go. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't seen it yet, but I I was notified it was available. And I'm still. Um, it's like I think it's fifteen dollars to rent, which I'm like, uh. I haven't. I haven't seen it. Obviously, a lot of us know the story, but um, I saw the trailer for it, and um, it's pretty. Uh, ugh, it's, it's that's just... the kind of shit that intrigues me. You know what I mean? Like, like a creepy old woman that like literally like is involved in cannibalism. Like that's the kind of shit that I'm like, oh, like I gotta watch that. Beautiful, I'll tell you that. See, Cinematography yeah. looks great. So now, since I'm a um, parent. The, the things that scare me the most are are things like like I won't watch the quiet, the quiet place I respect it I'm sure it's a great movie I won't watch it because you know my daughter she's autistic so she makes a lot of a lot of loud noises and I like to think that like you know every horror movie I watch I'm like how would I survive this horror like how would I how would I survive a zombie apocalypse or a haunted haunted mansion or like how would I do that in this scenario I can't figure it out. Like, I don't know how to get her to be quiet. Like, I, I don't know. And it, and it disturbs me in, like, a deep parent way. Like, it bothers me. Can I, so, can I answer that for you? Because they, they address that in the movie. Oh, do they? Okay. You would just, yeah, you would just, you would you would make your abode by a loud noise, such as a waterfall or some kind of, somewhere that has a loud natural noise that just is constant. Oh, and you live there, okay. and it masks the, your, your, your noises that you would make outside of that. Okay. And then the monsters don't hear you. Because they go to they go to like waterfalls to talk. You know what I mean? Oh well, and maybe like, maybe I should check it out now. See, like for the longest time, I was so scared because I just cannot figure out like how I can you know get myself out of this situation. And that's like that's just what I do. Every movie I watch, I'm like, if I was there, this is what I would do. Like kind of. Thing. I mean, they don't live by the waterfall in the movie. Like which I personally, when I'm watching, I'm like, why don't you just live there? You know, near the loud noise. <laughs> Because they live far away from it, you know. What I mean, it's like a, it's like a, a, an expedition in itself to go there mm-hmm. outside of like, you know, their regular day to day lives. Wow. But okay, it's a, it's one of those movies that you can't really spend a lot of time thinking about why the characters don't do certain things because it'll ruin yeah. the movie for you. Yeah, like they make a lot of exactly. really stupid decisions. Well, that's uh, a lot of movies make stupid decisions. I don't know. I just it it just kind of it bothers me because that's like my only fear 
is like, you know, has things to do with my daughter. So like, you know, with me or my wife, it's not a big deal, you know, but if just for my daughter, it's just that I have fears of things like that. And that's a, that's pretty much the only thing that really freaks me out. And I think that's why for the longest time I stayed away from horror, not just because of that. I just, I don't know, but now I'm slowly trying to get back into it. I really want to start watching some things. Um, Ryan and I listened to, uh, it's called the last podcast on the left. I told you about it many times. Um, mm-hmm. Griffin and um, yeah. there's a lot of cool they talk about a lot of different things they also talk about like John F. Kennedy and some weird shit um, but the Donner Party thing was pretty interesting I finally finished that Ryan I thank God um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, just they, they just talk about like you know killers cannibal you know cannibalistic killers they just talk about histories and things like that um, like H.H. H. Holmes that's a cool, funny story that they talked about, which I really wish they would make a movie on. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm slowly trying to get back into horror. But movie, stupid movies like It just don't pull me into it, you know? Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's just you being a troll. <laughs> well, so, well I agree. Around. All right, so here's two things about the movie It. I've talked about it before. Um, I turned it off because it's just, it's just stupid. Um, maybe I don't like the story of it. I mean, you ever take that in consideration? I didn't. I wouldn't say I liked the original one. I just was forced That's to watch fine. it. That's fine. But you to criticize a movie that you haven't finished is just like yeah. I, I can't. I can't get behind that. I mean, like you just you didn't finish it, so therefore you don't really know if it's a good movie or a bad movie because you haven't finished it. Fine. Is, what ah. what streaming service is this on? I will watch it tonight. <laughs> You can figure no. it out. If it's on Amazon, figures. I will. I will watch it tonight, and I will report back to you. <laughs> Which one you watching? I'm gonna watch both. I know it too just came out. Yeah, I'm not as big a fan of the second one. Nah, me neither. Had some great kills in it though. Some good violent kills. Just the story was kind of stupid. It went on a little bit too long. Yeah, and I didn't really like the adults as much as the kids. But I think no. it's like a standard criticism of the movie. No, if you want to see like more of the good kid actors and stuff, there's a Netflix original called I Am Not Okay With This. It stars, uh, I think, the girl who played young Beverly, and it's got uh, Stan Uris in oh, there as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That's pretty fucking good, I think. I think it's like the most, the most faithful adaptation of Carrie, and it's not even like a Carrie movie, but it most faithfully adapt, adapts it from the book. Okay. I feel it's just got the best production value, the best acting, a lot of neat little can, twists and stuff. I can see her being a young Carrie. I saw it advertised. I haven't watched it. I can see her being a young Carrie. Just thinking about it now. Wait, that actress? That young girl? Yeah. It's... I, I like Carrie. I like the story, but the characters are really fucking annoying. Mm-hmm. That's what I like better about I'm Not Okay With This is the characters a lot more likable, a lot better written. And it has all the same like horrible shit that happens to decent characters this time so you can actually care when bad things happen and the the effects are great like when things start going down i don't know if either of you have seen carrie or i have carrie mm-hmm. i know i saw the remake that's all the okay, original so, yeah I, I never was a fan of the movie adaptations i think the, the original it's it's fine in like a cheesy kind of like 80s way mm-hmm in the same way like the original Friday the 13th. It's it's iconic, but it's not really good. No. Put that way. 
Like you need to see it because it's an important part of history, but not because it's a really great movie. Well, there's just movies that stand the test of time, and there's movies that don't stand the test of time. <laughs> Including my absolute favorite horror movie of all time, John Carpenter's The Thing. You know, I, I listened to one of your guys' earlier podcasts. It was probably a horror podcast where you discussed how much you love The Thing. And, like, The Thing is absolutely, like, top five for me. Like, that is a top, that is a fucking awesome movie. And, yes. Like, I don't know that if is, you had- I don't know if your reasoning is the same, but the reason why I love the thing so much is because the characters are intelligent. They're not idiots. Like, the decisions that they made... Like, of course, every character has to make mistakes eventually to progress the plot, because if everyone just makes the right choice all the time, then the movie's over with. But the characters in that movie, they make those mistakes because it's based on the information they had at the time. They're incredibly smart characters. They do what they think is best, and it keeps you guessing. The practical effects now it's not a perfect movie there's some practical effects that are better than others but as like as an old horror movie which tends to age a lot worse than any of the other genres of movie i think it's among the best it's good i just the dread i was thinking about it but also i'm biased now because also in that podcast you talked about the terror which i'm reading now so yes. that kind of takes me back to the thing because it's you know like that cold setting and I'm kind of like involved in that now, which makes me like even look back even more favorably on the freaking thing. I'm pretty sure. That, there's just, doesn't the Terror have a TV show? It does, and it's actually not bad. I usually hate TV ad, TV adaptations of like horror books, but this one it condenses because the book is fucking massive. It's like 900 pages or 876 something like that. It cuts a lot yeah. of subplots, a lot of storylines, a lot of characters. But the essence of the story is preserved, and the and the thing, the terror, so to speak, is very respectfully shown. Like it's not like a like a movie monster where it comes jumping out with a jump scare cue and it goes ah and it eats people. You know they preserve that kind of feeling of slow dread of like oh shit what's in the fog with me that the book. Yeah, see, like I I'm reading the book, dude, and like as I'm reading it. I'm like, I'm 99% sure when they're talking about like this thing that's like killing people, I'm like, it's got to be a polar bear. Like, I can't figure out if it's like a supernatural thing or if it's like a real thing that they're giving supernatural properties to. You know what I mean? Like, if they're just freaking out and they're just like, oh my God, it's this thing. Just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. Oh, it only gets better from there. I can tell. I just feel like it's a polar bear. Yeah. You know, um,. I don't. I don't have any good horror books. I don't really uh, read that often. The last horror book I read was probably Goosebumps. Um. <laughs> no, dude. I got a horror book for you. There's a book by Chuck Palahniuk who does Fight Club. Yeah. Well, that's probably oh, thinking haunted. Yes, haunted. Oh, oh my god! god. What the fucking book? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, dude! I read the. I don't usually buy ebooks because I like the feeling of pages like in between my hands. But I read there was a free sample, and Rob, I'm going to send you this free sample. Uh, there's, it's basically it's a collection of 22 short stories with like a loose framework yeah. connecting it all. And the first story in the book is called Guts. And he, I can tell Ryan knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about because it's the most <laughs> fucked up part of the whole book. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you a single fucking thing about it. That's this how much weird. I love and respect that story. I'm not going to tell you a fucking thing. But when I tell you that it made me so disturbed, like that feeling like in your gut where you just, you get like lightheaded, but in your gut somehow. What's it called? Haunted? Like, yes. Yeah, haunted oh, yeah. by Chuck Palachnik. Holy shit, dude. 
That is a crazy fucking book. What a Polish name. Polaski. <laughs> but it's the guy that did Fight Club. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Fight Club is a fucked up movie. But holy shit, um, there's another great one. Um, do not watch the movie though, because the movie is trash. Uh, it's called The Ruins by I think it's Scott Neville or Adam Neville. Let me Google that real quick. You know, while you're doing that, there's some um, there's some horror movies that I think Scott that Smith. never get enough credit that I am obsessed with, and uh, I think uh, Dreamcatcher is a great horror movie. Um, I think Ryan, you got me on the Dreamcatcher. Probably, yeah. Do you remember that movie? I remember that movie, yeah. I read the book, too. Um, and I think uh, Slither is an amazing horror movie by James Gunn. And yeah, Is that the, that's that's the one about where they're in the gas station? What? <laughs> I don't know. There might be a gas station scene in the movie. Um, but no, it's about just aliens. Like, just came down and kind of take over. It's kind of like a... it's a You know, James Gunn, it's, it's his humor, but in a horror setting. And I think that um, I just love, like, I know everyone talks about, you know, Gardens of the Galaxy and the new Suicide Squad with James Gunn, but Slither, to me, is, like, one of the best movies he's ever made. And I think it's an amazing movie. Now, do you think he's going to be able to, I know this is slightly off the top of horror, but do you think he's going to be able to redeem Suicide Squad? I, I think, I've told you this before, I think Marvel is kind of stepping a step back. I think these little other movies that are coming out are going to be okay. And I think this is DC's time to jump on top of it. And I think James Gunn, his movie would do so well that DC is going to offer him pretty much half the company. And he'll go work for DC and then he'll make pretty fucking amazing movies. Hopefully Green Lantern, because that's amazing. I love Green Lantern. If if they I mean if they give him space to do his thing. Yeah. You know that was the the problem with Disney and Marvel is uh no, they Edgar have... Wright wanted to do Ant-Man. They didn't let him do it. Yeah. I mean, you can slap somebody's name on something, whatever you want to, but if you don't allow them creative freedom, you know, you're just you're basically Wright... turning them did into Edgar... a Did Edgar Wright do snap. The Kingsman? Because The Kingsman's a fucking good movie. I know he did Kick-Ass. Did I he... haven't seen Kingsman. I think that was Matthew Vaughn, wasn't it? Oh, that was Matthew Vaughn. You're right. Never mind. Yeah. But, um, no, The Kingsman, good movie. Anyway, yeah. yeah it's, it's, a, it's a good, fun movie. I wasn't huge on the second one. Mm-hmm. But the first one is legit. It's pretty. It's pretty entertaining. It's just. It's like the Baby Driver, you know, mm. or Baby Driver. Great movie, but entertainment over substance. Yeah, just like uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Baby I think. Yeah, Baby Driver is okay. Thirteen Ghosts, though. I'm telling you, Thirteen Ghosts, amazing movie. Thirteen Ghosts is not amazing. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good movie. Where like, is that coming from, dude? I'm telling you. When you talked about earlier, Thirteen Ghosts, it just got my brain working. Thirteen Ghosts is an awesome horror movie. Terrible movie. It is. That is a terrible movie. Like I the, really did not enjoy it. Story... I like I like the origin. Like the, the ghosts themselves were like really good ideas. I like like the one was like a big muscle dude with a thing through his head, and then well, there was the one chick with the tits. She was like the hot, like, now, started the, up one. Some of the actors in the movie are probably not the best fit, but I think Matthew Lillard did a great job in that movie. The, you know, the the guy owned, his father owned the house or whatever. And um, I just think, I don't know, that house was just, it was just a cool concept. Yeah. You know, you gotta think. I'd watch it, like, on, like, a, like a cheesy movie, but if I wanted to watch, like, a good horror movie, that would be, like, the very bottom of my list. What would be your number one? If, if I came over right now and I was like, pick your the best horror movie that you think 
What would be number my one for you? Best horror movie? Yes. Like, hands down. The last horror movie you would ever watch. What is, what is it? Like, the best... Like, this is it. You're on an island. That whole spiel. You know what? Off the top... You know what? I'll tell you what. Someone just recently that I played Pokemon Go with was like... <laughs> I want... Like, she said... She said she doesn't get scared. She's like, I don't get scared at movies. And I was like, you know what? I've got something for you. So I won't say it's like my end-all, be-all, number one horror movie, but this is the num- this is the movie that I recommend to people if they haven't seen it and they want to be scared. And it is uh, 28 Weeks Later. Oh, 28 That's Weeks. Okay. 28 Weeks. Not the first one. Dude. No, that, that opening scene in 28 Weeks Later is, is amazing. the most like, pulse-pounding, yeah. sweaty... The, oh, and he's running down that hill and the music is kicking in. Yeah, oh, that shit gets, yeah. Me, um, gets my heart pumping every time. That's and a good movie. Boat. I mean, like, in fact, I gave it to her. She's like, she said she didn't get scared by it. She's like, but I see what you're going with. And I was like, all right. And then she gave it back to me and I rewatched it. I gave it to her. See, that, that scene worked, but I think the best scene in that movie was when everyone was trapped in a little square underneath and like the zombies came in oh, from yeah, behind. Yeah. And everyone's yeah, like, you're too. fucked. You're fucked. You're like, okay, There's this is it. There's a million scenes where you're like, or the, the tunnel scene, dude, where oh, they're yeah. going through the tunnel. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, oh, and the night vision and everything? Yeah. I mean, I'll. There's a lot of good moments in there where you're like you're just sweating, you know what I mean? Like, wasn't there? Did they? And, they didn't do a third one, did they? No. They were supposed to, about it. They were supposed to be the months because it was days, weeks, and then months. Yeah. Oh. I love zombies. I, I, I feel like that could only be like a like a rip off of I Am Legend at that point because like everybody's seen Twenty Eight Weeks, right? Rob, you've seen it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So I mean, the movie ends with basically the zombies getting out and destroying the world. Yeah. So the yeah, only France, yeah, they like they got out and they're like spreading across the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if I remember right. So that the only way for them to go on is to be like, okay, the zombies have taken over the world. I guess for like the last enclave of survivors or something. But that's just basically, you know, I am legend. By the way, which the book is like way better than the movie. By but... the way, Hawkeye was in Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Yeah, he was like he the was spec ops guy, wasn't yeah, he? He was a sniper. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, I just that was that was good. That was good. That's not that. That's not that's a good idea. You know, I would I would recommend this movie. This is a good movie for someone to see. And is um, Thirty Days of Night. Yes. Now that is a good one. horror Very, movie. I don't think Griffin's seen scenes. that movie. I've nope, ta- not yet. I, I've talked to. Griffin. I can't find it. I can't find out where to watch it. <laughs> Dude. That's, that's uh that that's up there with twenty eight weeks later because the scenes it's just dread. It's just absolute dread. There's that, that feeling in your stomach when this this enemy or monster is in your area and you just have to hide and pray to God they don't find you. You know what I mean? And it's a lot of those scenes where it's like this primal carnal fear, you know, oh, it's just dude, there. That- as a watcher. So funny, I, funny story about this movie. I, I probably already told it, but now Ryan's on it. It's about Ryan. When uh, remember Ryan when you first saw it in Blu-ray? Yeah, we were. Uh, yeah. We you lived see, in. We lived uh, in Hawaii. Josh Harnett's yeah, fun. you were like, oh my god, I could see his sweat. That's what you. That's what you'd say. But anyway, we were in uh, Hawaii, and that movie came out on Blu-ray, and you bought it for the PS3. And um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a good graphic, dark movie, and like. Same same thing. Like, what would you do in that situation, kind of thing? And it's like, there's exactly, really no yeah. hope. Because <laughs> you can see yourself in that situation. It's a real thing where it's like, yeah. I mean, they really have nighttime for that long a period of time, and it's like, yeah, that would be perfect for vampires. And they're not like the, 
Typical. you know, interview with a vampire, Tom Cruise vampires. Like they're the fucking, they're like sharks. They remind me of sharks. They just like they see blood, they fucking attack it, and they're not like just biting you on the neck. They're ripping your fucking throat out. God, that, that would I I can't. I, I want so bad for there to be a good shark movie. I know that's kind of that's slightly off topic, but <laughs> well, here I, I, just, I love creature features, man. I love them, but they're all shit, and it it pisses me off. You know. Now, um, Griffin, to go along with what we were saying, what about you? What is the be all end all horror movies? You you would say the well, thing. If you, I think, God, I, that's the thing. I don't know because like we're trying to keep this around. Like if somebody has never seen a horror movie or if they've never been scared, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what would my recommendation be? The thing is not really something for a horror newbie because I gave it to my sister, you know, back when she first started watching horror movies and she fucking hated it. Like I said, it was too slow. Nothing happened. Like she didn't get into, if you don't get into the atmosphere of the thing, then it's a boring movie. You know, if you don't get like the same paranoia and like panic that the other characters feel. Yeah. If you can get into it, I think it's probably one of the best horror experiences you can have. But for something a bit more, um, I say crowd pleasy, but it was a financial flop. A lot of people hated it. And it's not even technically a horror movie, but Annihilation from a couple years ago has some of the most horrifying scenes that I've seen in a horror movie. And maybe, like I said, I, I have a soft spot for creature features, but has anyone here seen Annihilation? It's no. It's on Netflix, and I see it all the time. It's either on Netflix or Hulu. Well, I see it all the time, and I'm like, this, because it has what's-her-face in it. Yeah, it's got Natalie Portman in it. And I'm like, um, can Natalie Portman be a good actress? I, like, cause you told, you keep telling me about it, I'm like, ah, it just doesn't, doesn't... Let, let, let me explain it to you this way. There is a chance you might not like it because for a deliberate reason, like there's a story reason for it that it gets revealed later on, all the characters in that movie are very held back, emotionally speaking. Like in their acting and stuff, they're very monotone. They don't really emote a lot. They don't express a lot. So I've heard a lot of people say that it has bad acting. I disagree, but I could easily see that being a problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I love the movie because it takes all risks. Nothing is safe. Like who you think the main character is, where you think the story is going, the very nature and fabric of reality is not like in a very linear way. And they have basically stories about there's this dome that gets popped up over this national park. And anything that goes under the dome has never come back out. So they send in this team of scientists to go in under the dome, find out what the fuck's going on. You know, they all got machine guns and shit. Like, they're in the military and stuff, so they know how to fight and everything. Um, And one of the main characters, Natalie Portman's character, goes in because her husband, who was a special ops soldier, was one of the first people to go in, and he never came back out. Um, Or he came back out, and he was, like, kind of fucked up. And everything under that dome is in a constant state of change. Like, everything from the geometry, the animals... The people, everything is constantly changing. So throughout the movie, you have these scenes of like, what if we took these two concepts or these two animals or these two locations and just fucked them up and just melded them together? And it's some of the most like Cronenbergian, horrifying body (laughs) horror shit. It's got a super high budget, so the effects look amazing. And one of the scenes in there, you're going to know, Rob at least is going to know which one it is when he sees it. Because I've talked with him about, I have a phobia about a certain animal. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to reveal now. It's fine. And 
that animal is in this movie and it's twisted and fucked up and really, really pissed off. God. And it's stalking these characters and starts kind of like picking them off and it's fucking horrifying. Do you know what you're doing right now? You're giving Ryan so much quarantine movies to watch right now. <laughs> like he's gonna, like... Wait, I mean, I'll check. It's on Netflix? This Annihilation movie? Yeah. I think I'm... it's either Netflix or Amazon Prime. It's on one of those. All right, but I'll definitely you... watch that. Yeah, if you can get past the weird, like, the weird delivery of the lines and stuff and how some of the lines don't make any sense until later on in the movie you will either love it or hate it i guarantee you that but you will get something out of it and some of those scenes in there are worth watching alone like they're worth watching the entire movie just for these scenes that's all i'll say about it. i might have to take a hard hard trip tonight down uh oh, trip, trip is a very good word when it's when things start changing man you better not be on acid because you'll lose where you are man oh man um, shit gets wild well we've been we've been um we've been talking for over an hour now um don't really have too much more to say what do you got you guys have anything uh special you wanted to get out on the podcast and talk about horror oh and climax yeah, yeah watch that climax yeah, Climax. It's a French horror movie, and the French are fucked up. They're like a dis- disturbing, disgusting people. So they make really amazing horror movies. Yes, high tension. I know. Um, it's about this team of ballet dancers who get locked in this building. They're practicing for this big show that's coming up. And unknowingly, somebody laces their drinks with LSD. Oh. And they all just trip the fuck out and go insane over a night. And everybody's screaming, freaking out. Like this one guy thinks he's on fire and he's like running around screaming at the top of his lungs. Like you can hear his vocal cords like starting to crack. It's extremely fucked up, extremely intense. Great stuff. Would watch again. Wow. Have you have you watched Grave Encounters? I have not. Dude, I'm... that's my that's my thing. I'm guessing that's uh that's gonna go on my list. Let me get my what's it called? Grave right Encounters. Grave Encounters on Amazon Prime, dude. It's, it just came back on Amazon Prime. From 2011, right? Yep, it's a very good movie. Very good movie. Very scary. Uh, they get locked in a uh, building for like just for shits and giggles, and it turns out the building is like actually fucking haunted. You know what I mean? It's like and actually, Rob, with your recent you know oh yeah there's for uh fuck i've totally forgot about that thank you for reminding me jesus i wanted to ask griffin some questions yeah. i totally forgot about that but go on finish telling what you're saying then i'll ask him i'm saying you're into uh you're into that uh haunting of hill house thing then yeah. that's that's right that alley you know mm-hmm. what i mean if you haven't god you know um griffin i was talking to ryan and um like because i just watched haunting the hill house and I just revisited a couple um, seasons of uh, American Horror Story. Like, do you ever? Is there haunted places in North Carolina that you know about? And like, do oh, you, there are. Or do there you, are tons. Do you go down that route, or are you just strictly like book fantasy kind of person? Me personally, I don't. Um, my sister is a huge fan of those places, and she goes with her friends all the time. That's how I know that there's tons of them because she tells me about it all the fucking time. There's all kinds of uh, psychiatric hospitals that are abandoned in Civil War battlefields and mm. all kinds of stuff. If you like, if once this quarantine shit is over with, if you come up here for a month with nothing to do but go to <laughs> haunted places, you'll be here the whole fucking month. Damn. Um, well, North Carolina. And big. she's like, she's a very talented photographer, and she's shown me a lot of the pictures that she's taken from these places. 
of all the graffiti and like the the mm-hmm. blood on the floors and all this kind of stuff and it's legitimately really creepy just looking at the pictures like not even having been there um she's talked about like having feeling like she's being watched and having like uh hearing voices and footsteps and shit and having to run and hide and everything only reason why i don't want to go there is because my fat ass couldn't run away from anything if it actually <laughs> came after me like if there's like a like a mountain lion or a, a fucking cop or something you like i'm dead you'd be Nothing's surprised gonna jump out of a page you'd be surprised how fast someone can run <laughs> well i know well, that an alarm I got, is going off <laughs> i can make a passable linebacker i know that much like i can throw a lot of mass in a short space yeah but it's, it's like dwarves you know lord of the rings where natural sprinters but only over short distances <laughs> and after about 100 feet i gotta lay down and have a nap and a couple brownies before i can get back in the action mm-hmm. i just like i'm it's not that i don't believe it but like i want to go to just one like really haunted place and just just experience it like i want to know like like i want to go somewhere where like a thousand like so many people have died and i want to be able to i'm going to say that like oh i felt it like i'd really like you know like oh like that stupid movie 1408 god i hate that movie um but i like the concept of it this guy is just like oh i'm just here to prove everyone wrong that you know places are not haunted and he found out it's haunted like i I don't know like it's kind of it's kind of intriguing I mean, I, I just watched Waco, dude, and I don't think I'd want to go back there with all those kids that died at night. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think that, like, so much like, – that, that's a powerful thing, all those children that died. It's mm. like to be there, mm. I, how could you not feel like something is watching you were there? I mean – Well, is it in your head? Do you ever think, like, oh, I know that all these people died? Or if, like, if I would take you somewhere – like, if I found out a haunted place here in Myrtle Beach and you came and visit me and I just took you and I didn't tell you anything – like, I bet you you won't – I bet you any amount of money in this world, you would just think it's a normal place. Like, why the hell are you take me here? Well, I think that would kind of defeat the purpose. I mean, whether it's real or not, the whole purpose of going to a haunted place is to feel like you're being watched or yeah. feel like you're being haunted. Like, I would so, love to go – I know the Blair Witch thing is not, like, really real, more or less. But I love the idea of something like that, and I would love to go to those woods to see if I really get lost. Like, how the fuck would I get lost if I'm walking straight the whole damn time? It's like, <laughs> like... I feel like there's there's a, there's a room for a business like that where you sign a waiver and you just you go into the woods and maybe, like, you're the only one that knows about it and the rest of your group has no idea and for a couple of days somebody just fucks with you. You know, that's how they made that movie. Yeah. They didn't tell any of the actors what's going on. They just went out in the woods and fucked with them. just had the director and a couple other people just, like, fucking with them, making noises in the night and... Yeah, and you make millions and millions shit. and millions of dollars. Yeah, it's like $10,000 budget. You made like a hundred and something million dollars. I remember when that came out, like AOL was around, and there was a website you can go to, and it and had their pictures on there saying missing. Like, they went all out. Like, they, they went all out. Like, these are real. Nowadays, you can't do shit like that. There's too many social medias. Like, there's no way that actors can stay, like, quiet. Like, there's just well, you no gotta, got to get creative. I feel like once you advertise that it's a movie... Mm-hmm. You invite that scrutiny, yeah. and like the secret is out. But in theory, all these fucking live leak videos, all these snuff films and stuff, could that not just be? Of course, there's no way to make money on it. But could you not just like sneak a well disguised horror movie in there, have a bunch of people thinking, "Oh shit, somebody actually got murdered," and then come out a couple months later and be like, "Nah, it's a movie. Here's the actor." You know? See, yeah. t- time out. Now, now think about this, dude. I'm sure you guys have seen "Don't Fuck with Cats." Oh god. 
like what if that what if that was like a well done movie like where he like killed the dude on camera like what if that was just like a really well done harmon it wasn't but what if someone did something like that good let's do it and <laughs> yeah start the gofundme I'll throw in. Actually, actually uh, as Ryan long as just, I get to be an extra. Ryan just sent me a, a video of me shooting myself. Hmm. I'm down. Yeah, like send me that link. Um, no, I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying, but it's kind of just like I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I mean, that it would definitely be in poor taste. Like you'd have a lot of controversy, but I think. Yeah, but that would sell. That would go crazy. People would. I mean. I, yeah, I just. I be, feel like. Well, it's kind of like Tiger King. Tiger King is not real. That whole story was made up. There's no way those people are real. Oh. So, with that said, like you know, producers like that can do things like that. Like, I mean, have, you, have you been to Walmart, man? <laughs> yes. I could find you a Joe Exotic in 20 minutes if you come on down to Charlotte. We go to Walmart. <laughs> no, he's in Clemson because he's a Tiger fan. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't. I just. I don't know. Maybe I once like, I experience it, I feel I feel like I will understand it. But until I experience it, I'm not that scared of it. And I think like uh, watching like you know haunted house movies and like poltergeist and things like that, it is kind of nerve wracking. And I I will say sometimes I think I hear little girls' voices in my house, but I also think like I'm a lunatic, so I don't really pay too yeah, much I was about attention. To say, that's, that's your victims <laughs> trying to torment you. Um, but I. I think that's why horror movie studios these days, they go for like cheap jump scares and a lot of bullshit because horror movies are inherently non-interactive. Yeah. And fear is largely an interactive emotion. You know, it's like, oh shit, I heard a snap in the brush. You know, it's probably like a a fucking saber tooth coming to kill my ass or something. You know, that, that primal fear where you actually, your heart's pounding, your adrenaline's up. It's like, oh shit, I'm about to die. It's really hard to elicit that in a large audience every time so, like what not not what to interrupt you but i'm gonna say this every yeah. time i do a podcast with you i always have a vision that i, I you know oh, okay that we did an hour let's finish the podcast and then you sucker me back in these are i have some like while you're talking about these psychological things there's like movies out there that are to me are scary as shit because they're psychological running scared eight millimeter hard candy these are movies that are like to me, if you've ever seen these movies, they fuck with you. And that's scary. Hard candy. I, I don't know if that's like a psychological. It's more of like a... Oh, like there's real people out there that are like him. And, you know... Uh, well, really, I guess it is psychological in that you like you wonder whether he's innocent or not. Doesn't he? Like the whole movie, he's like, I didn't do... You know? Yeah. And I didn't kill this girl. Him. And then... Yeah. Yeah, it's all about his... Like, whether his intentions are pure or not. But... I just think that if horror wants to evolve and kind of yeah. escape the, the Marvel trap that we have these days, because I, I feel like the resurgence of horror is going to be very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to change how you interact with the movie, where it's not a completely passive experience. You're sitting there waiting for the jump scare. There has to be some way that you get personally involved with the horror. Whoa. And that's why I think like the... the ongoing popularity of haunted places and you know these these like escape mazes and shit where the guy chases you around with a chainsaw that's why that stuff is popular not because it's inherently scary it's kind of cheesy but you're sitting there interacting with it like it's dealing with you personally well you know what's uh you know what the future of horror is going to be right it's all going to be biological warfare they're going to 
they're going to make a movie about the coronavirus. They're going to make another outbreak movie. They're going to, you know, these are movies that are, because this is what's scary right now. This is real life. And I think, why wouldn't they want to capitalize on this? Like in a year from now? It's called Contagion. Yeah. Like in a year from now, you don't think like, you know, I bet you, dude, Netflix, you know, what was trending for like three weeks on Netflix. The movie Outbreak that came out in the 90s about like a virus from China. Like, <laughs> like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I agree, but then I disagree. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't, I think horror would benefit if it just stayed non-mainstream, if it stayed like a taboo thing. I feel like more taboo horror is better than, like, I just like the, like the grittiness, like, oh man, I'm going to go, like right now, like you're telling me to go watch these movies. I'm going to go watch, you know, I see Annihilation was a big time movie, but like, okay, I'm going to go watch High Tension. A lot of people don't know about High Tension, but I'm going to go watch it because I just know it's a gritty, in the horror community, people know about it. But if I walked on the streets and said, oh, have you seen this French film called High Tension? They're going to be like, what? <laughs> so I think that's more intriguing and horror than, than the, you know, the Candyman's or, you know, the another app, you know, another another movie about Saul or something. So. Well, I think the problem, there's always going to be like that auteur kind of like very low budget grindhouse kind of horror movies. Those are never going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if horror movies become mainstream and successful, the big problem facing horror right now is that they're so low budget yeah. because studios are not willing to risk that money. That's why Blumhouse is so successful. Like maybe one out of every five of his movies are successful, but he throws two or $3 million at 15 guys says, Hey, make a movie and I'll slap my name on it. And he releases it. And if two of those movies are profitable, they make like 30, 40, $50 million. He makes all his money back. Plus a profit. doesn't matter if those other 13 movies are complete waste of time. He's just like, he's casting a wide net. So there is a financial market there for horror. It's just, it's such a risky thing to do because like I said, different things scare different people um that's what i love so much about annihilation is because it's a high budget movie and it looks high budget and it's fucking amazing but it was a complete financial flop so there's no incentive to make movies like that for these studios because there's no money in it you just throw money down the drain and of course i appreciate it but no one gives a shit what i appreciate you know there's no fucking guy sitting there in warner brothers is like hey let's call up this fucking goober in north carolina see what he's got to say you know, well, that's where they're you going. have to have mass market appeal. That's where they're wrong. They should call you up. They should. I think but, they're going you know. with that though. They're 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 going that way though. I think with like with the resurgence of like it and other like uh, Doctor Sleep, right? That came out. That was yeah. big. Like, I mean, they're they're rediscovering. I think it started when Logan became R rated and it was huge, and then Deadpool. Like, they're re- they're realizing R rated movies are big time sellers, so they're revisiting old horror movies that maybe started out as PG thirteen or just horror movies that can be made with an R rating, because I think they're realizing that harder, grittier, gorier movies can do well in theaters. So they're making them mm-hmm. in that vein, and, you know, I think it might continue. I think I think it was a great example. That was a big-budget, highly, com- like, advertised horror movie that people came out and saw. Oh, it was immensely successful. This, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's, like, that, that's a big deal. That's what I'm very excited to see, and I hope it continues. But as much as I love Stephen King, he's probably one of my favorite authors, he's kind of like he's the golden boy right now. People are willing to take chances on him because 
on his stories and make them R-rated and give them this budget and stuff because everybody knows Stephen King. Everybody yeah. will go out there and see a movie because you put Stephen King's it on it, you know, and they'll, they'll go, go out and see it. There's yeah. so many great books and so many great TV series and comic books and just screenplays of fantastic horror from writers that don't have that kind of name recognition. So I'm just yeah. wondering, like, when's going to be their time in the spotlight? Much as I love Steve, he doesn't need any more money. You know, he can <laughs> no. just sit there and just no. keep, keep writing more uh, more books. Let's kid have 30 some. 30 Days of Night was a comic. 30 Days of Night was a comic, and that came out. Yeah. And that was R-rated. Great movie. Great movie. I don't know if it did well. I was say, it's a cult but... classic, but considering that Rob was the first person to tell me about it, I'm guessing it wasn't all that successful. <laughs> <laughs> That's surprising, to be honest. I can't believe it. Uh, I, I think mean, yeah. I, I'm a huge believer. Horror movie or no horror movie. I feel like... If movies, I think that movie was too early for its time. I think if it came out now, it'd be amazing, because everyone's on that. Walking Dead, Walking Dead's another comic. Yeah, well, look, Walking Dead picked a good time to come out. Like, I feel like it's all about planning. I feel like, um, you know, there is a comic book wave, and I think right before that comic book wave happened, Thirty Days of Night came out. Because you got to think, I mean, that was in like what two thousand six, seven, when that came out. So it's like that. That was not the wave. I mean, Iron Man didn't even come out until 2008. So, like, Spider-Man came out in 2004, but that really, you know, I don't know. There was there was a wave, and that that ship sailed. And then, you know... Um, well, I think the reason why Iron Man was successful is because it was a, a film that was more marketed towards, like, teenagers and children. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that graphic of a movie. It was, I mean, it's a fucking Disney film, even though they weren't owned by well, Disney back then. Well, if, so, if Doctor Strange is a horror movie... And they allow it to be rated R. It could be a game never changer. If, if that won't happen, absolutely never going to happen. Disney owns Fox, and Fox says that they're still going to. Disney said they're still going to do another R-rated uh, Deadpool. Deadpool is fine because it was established from the beginning that it's an R-rated. It's very like not for children, even though a bunch of fucking idiots still took their kids to it anyway. The reason why I think that Doctor Strange will never be R-rated is because he was in the Avengers first. And Avengers is PG-13. Well, you know, he... So people are going to go take their kids to see a Doctor Strange movie because, oh, he was the guy with the Spider-Man. You know, he was in the in the mm. Safe Kids movie. And then he goes in there, he's melting people's fucking eyeballs and stuff. You know, it's, <laughs> it's no good, you know? I don't know. I, I feel like if you look at the comic book audience, yeah, kids, kids get involved. But, like, I just feel like the audience is our age. So they need to do... I don't know. I, I at least hope it's as dark as they're they're talking it to be dark. Obviously, at the end of the movie, they got to brighten it up and make sure all the kids are like, oh, it's okay. He really didn't die. You know, like, because <laughs> I'm sure people are still traumatized for when, uh, you know, Tony Stark died. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, that, that was a great scene, um, but that was probably about as graphic of a, well, I don't know. I mean, the death of Vision was pretty fucking graphic. Let's be honest. Rip the dude's skull out of his fucking head or his yeah. stone thing. But no one gave a shit about Vision. <laughs> I mean, nobody does because he was established like a, a movie ago. But yeah. um, so like, that's that's as graphic as we can get. You know, that's as that's as PG thirteen as they're gonna get with Disney <laughs> with their main series. So the the bottom line is, um, you you know, you guys, you know, horror is heading into the right direction, whichever way they're taking. They're either going mainstream or even if they stay at the the low key stream, they're still going into the right direction. I really hope. Um, I get more back into it. I don't know what movie it's going to take to really like pull me into it. I don't know. Look at the trailer for Antlers. I'm telling you. 
that that movie. So I'll watch it again for and then, sure, man. That, that shit was amazing. And then um, look up the trailer for Spiral. I think that's pretty cool. I like, you know, I like the earlier Saw movies. I don't know about after three. It kind of just started getting redundant. <laughs> so I don't know. But I know we can talk hours and hours and hours on horror movies. But I have a life to get to, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys go today. Um, I appreciate yeah, you both being on the in show. Closed room. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm always down to talk about horror, man. Believe me. Ryan, I always get, I always let, let Griffin do the last word. But Ryan, do you have any last words you want to say for the for the fans out there? Um, did you say last words? Yeah. Um, yes. Epstein didn't kill himself. If you guys love and like what you just heard, please like and share us. Go to our Facebook page or Instagram page or Twitter page, all at Couch on Fire Podcast. Um, we couldn't do this without you guys' support, and we want to continue doing this because we do love and cherish everything we say and everything we do. And uh, thank you guys for everything, and I will see you next episode.